Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And I'm joined today by Pastor Richard Lejeune. And I'm joined today by Pastor Curtis King. And we are happy to be here. Yes, yes we are. We are. Yes, sir. And you are not at White Oak Baptist Church right now. That is not the auditorium of White Oak Baptist Church behind you. No, I am sitting in my brother's house in Indiana. And um, sadly, I have flown out here uh, to attend a funeral for my good friend and missionary, Mark Rader, who passed away a week ago in a car accident. And so um, uh, I'll be going to the viewing this evening and then to the funeral tomorrow. Okay, so, okay. Well, well I, I have noticed, uh, I, I suppose those are your nieces and nephews that I've seen buzzing around back behind you there. And <laughs> yeah, my, my little niece is uh, running around. Um, Leah is her name. She's cute as a button. She's two Aww. years old. So I don't know if she'll be running around. I think mom took her down to the basement so we could record this. But, okay. Uh, All right. Well, I've got Joseph up, up here. So I don't know if he'll be buzzing around back behind us or not. So yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. When you're well, two, it, when you're two, it's allowed, you know, cause you don't know better when you're Joseph's age. Come on, Joseph, you should know better. He's 26. Yeah. He, he ought to know, you know, behave yourself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's hollering at me up there. Hey buddy. Yeah, see, not, he said he's, no he's, he's not, not gonna behave himself, himself so. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you joe he's the mvp he really yeah. is i don't know what i'd do up here without him he's a, he's a blessing and uh he he comes into the church just about every single day and volunteers here before he goes to work in the evening and uh yeah he sits up there in the crow's nest and works on church stuff you know that's fantastic and he's a blessing he is a blessing i love him Man, well, when this airs, uh, we will have had a huge day at White Oak, um, launching into two morning services, and then wow, uh, the official launch of our Spanish ministry, yes, uh, yes. Will have just taken place, and so uh, we are fired up, fired well, up about what God's doing over here at White Oak. I saw the video on Facebook of your uh, uh, the man that's leading your Spanish ministry, him and his wife. I did not understand anything they said, but I loved it because we got to sit with them at the, uh, at the same table with them at the, um, uh, uh couples conference uh-huh. and, um, uh, and what a dear, dear couple. Oh my goodness. You are blessed to have them. So, um, yeah, John, John is properly named. John has the same, uh, temperament of John, the apostle. And just uh, the, he wants you know, to call G- fire down from heaven on people. Well, at, at times, <laughs> at times, no, <laughs> sons of thunder. Uh, John, um, the other John, side of John, the other side of John, the, the tender, loving, caring disciple whom Jesus loved. John is just a lovable guy, and, and yeah. just just a just an all star church member. And now he's a deacon in our church. So, oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, that is yep. tremendous. Well, I, I think the world of him. I've always thought John. Uh, was a sweet, gentle person, but I think sometimes sweet, gentle people let things build up inside of them. Yep. Until they want to call fire down from heaven, <laughs> you know. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, my goodness, well, I can see a lot of John in him. That is that is tremendous. That really is. Hey, I have to uh, concede. Uh, last week, you absolutely slaughtered me uh, with the joke. And I knew as soon as you gave that punchline last Monday 
I knew, okay, uh, I, I, this is, this is awful. I have zero chance of winning. I almost didn't even tell mine last week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, as they say in sports, um, you're only as good as uh, the next day's, uh, your next day's effort. So yeah, Whatever my joke yeah. was last week, that's last week. So, you know, I got to bring it again this week. So uh, the, the playing field is level again today. So, yes, uh, it is. Yeah, I've got a – I would give my joke today a, a good solid B. I wouldn't okay. say it's a B plus. I don't think it's a B minus. I think it's a good solid B. I think um, – well, you know how most jokes are. Delivery is, is what it's all about. It's but all about delivery. You told me before we started, somebody said your joke last week was lame. All Who of my said family, that? my family, my, my oh. wife and my kids, and then Hope Barrios. Oh. Hope Barrios, my children's director's wife, yeah. said my joke was lame. I so, preached a whole sermon about Hope at your church. I know you did. You gave her I all know. that attention. See, now she's loyal to you. That's why she's dissing my joke. Uh, you know, well, she needs to stop that. That was not a lame joke last week. That was an outstanding joke last week. That was... If you could have an A plus, if if I could give that joke ten stars, I would. There you go, Hope. Yeah, you but hear five that? is as high as you're allowed to go. So uh, okay, that was you know, a five well, star you went joke. First, you went first last week, and so I'm going to go first today. Okay, All right. All right, and uh, we're on the topic of marriage because we're doing the questions and answers from uh, the couples conference at your church. So there was a little boy. Uh, he was sitting in the living room floor and he was looking through his parents um, uh, wedding photo album and uh, he looked up his mom and he said uh, mom did you marry dad because he was handsome and she smiled and said no no and uh and kind of a little, little shy and so he just kept flipping through the pictures and a few minutes later he said mom did you marry dad because he was rich and she laughed and said, oh, so we didn't have any money at all when we got married. And he kept flipping through the pictures. And finally, he didn't even look up. And he said, so you married him because you felt sorry for him? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And she didn't answer that. So um, well, anyway. your answer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's my joke yeah. of the week. And that marriage appropriate How's when that? all else fails be pitiful you might just get married so yes sympathy feels like love yeah yeah i think okay. you shared that little hack at uh at the, yeah, the conference yeah. with the men did you not i did i sure did all right here's my joke so a little boy is playing up in the attic and he's opening up boxes and and he pulls out this bible and i mean it is so old it it's covered in 12 inches of dust. This thing looks like an ancient relic. <laughs> so the little boy, he picks up the Bible and he blows all the dust off and he's coughing and sneezing and, and, and he takes his hand and just pushes the dust away. And he opens the Bible and he noticed that there is a leaf that's been pressed inside the pages of this Bible. So he takes the leaf out of the Bible and he he climbs down out of the attic and he, he runs and he says, mom, 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 look what I found. And the mom said, well, what do you have there? He said, mom, I think it's Adam's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you beat me twice in a row. Oh, no, <laughs> that's a good. And you downplayed that one. You downplayed that one. 
Oh, man, okay. I'll, I'll tell you what. This week I am going to have to pull out all the stops to come up with a good joke for next time. All right. Uh, Adam's underwear. Wow. <laughs> You're killing me, Pastor Richard. You're killing me. Well, uh, we're having a good time here, and uh, we're having a good time talking about marriage. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> you just said underwear on a podcast <laughs> yes i did does, does the fcc allow that uh, <laughs> of course the they ba- allow everything does nowadays. the baptist fcc allow that that's the question so. okay all right. all right yes back to yeah go right ahead you're, you're introducing we are talking about <laughs> yeah we're talking about marriage right and, I, and i'm trying to get off of this uh joke so um <laughs> Yeah. So we, we're talking about marriage. And uh, as was mentioned, Pastor King was at our couples conference um, a couple of weeks back here. And some of the ladies were invited or all the ladies were invited to submit questions for a Q&A time. And so we have gotten our hands on those questions and we are doing our best to answer them from a biblical perspective and a male perspective. So mm-hmm. last week we looked at uh, two questions. We talked about how to handle a messy husband. And then we talked about how to trust uh, a spouse after infidelity. So we've got three questions we're going to look at addressing today. And stay tuned because the third question we're going to get into is going to get very personal. Yes, and some very. of you are right now maybe in the throes of uh, difficulty in your marriage and maybe even thinking about walking away or just giving up. And uh, we're going to hopefully breathe some new life into your marriage based on um, our own experiences and just assure you that everything you stay hang in there, everything's going to be okay. So let's start with a lighter question here. All right, Pastor King, it, here's the question that was submitted. Is yep. it okay to be jealous? Is it okay to be jealous? Um, that is a great question. And uh, I, I would have to um, answer that in, in a progression. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to make the progression fast because I know question number three for today is, is a big one, but um, to be jealous can mean a lot of different things. Okay. It can mean a lot of different things. I, I don't think it's okay to be uh, jealous for no reason. Um, uh, I, I would say this, that um, if a woman is jealous because your husband is uh, taking a female coworker out to lunch. Um, I'm on your side, ma'am. I, I am that, that he ought not do that. Okay. And I don't think that a, a woman has an issue has um, should feel any reservation by telling her husband, listen, I am not good with this. Okay. Um, and I would say, and it goes both ways. I, if you're a man and your wife is going out to lunch, just her and a male, employee um now if if your wife is going out to lunch with you know four male employees and seven female employees all together okay i you, you it's work okay it's work um you ought not be jealous about that but if it's just her and a guy uh yeah or if there's a uh, you know long extended text messages between you know i i get that uh, and I really believe that um, uh, a, a spouse has the right to look at their spouse and say, I'm not good with this. I, I'm not good with this. Um, uh, 
And what's funny is that um, a few years ago, there was a very well-known politician that had that um, standard that he would not go out to lunch with just him and a woman. And he was ridiculed over that. I mean, just absolutely harshly ridiculed for having that standard. But then there was another politician that um, uh, was caught in an affair about that same time. And he was harshly criticized for that. So what do you want? Okay. Yeah. Do you want a man to have some boundaries or, or not? Uh, of course, everybody is going to obviously know where you and I stand on that, that um, the man who, who had the affair would have never gotten there had he not started off by going out to dinner. Anyway, so the question is, can you be jealous? Uh, depending on how you define, you can. Here's what you cannot be, okay? You cannot be suspicious. If you have no reason to be suspicious, then you should not be suspicious. You cannot make up suspicion. Um, and I found a, a verse on that, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 24. The Bible says, for many are deceived by their own vain opinion their, or their empty opinion uh, and an evil suspicion hath overthrown their judgments so when you start developing empty opinions and evil sinful suspicions your your judgment becomes overthrown that's exactly what the verse is is trying to say um, and so a lot of times people their their uh, judgment is clouded because of suspicion that is not warranted okay so right. um so if you are, um, if you're walking through the Walmart checkout line with your husband and, uh, and he smiles at the cashier and says, you know, something polite and kind, don't walk out of there saying you were flirting with her. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay. And you need to knock it off and grow up. Okay. Uh, but, um, if 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 you reach over to pick up your husband's cell phone and he goes into a panic, duh, you may you may need to have a talk. So can you be jealous? Depends on how you de define jealousy. Can you be suspicious? No, you cannot be suspicious if you don't have reasons to be suspicious. You can't um, you can't live in a in fears you make up on your own. So did I spend too much time on that? No, or, yeah, that's uh, anything great. you want to add to that, Pastor Lejeune? No, I think you covered it really well. I like the way you, you answered that. Well, thank you. All right. And so our other uh, question before we get to the heavy one is, uh, what is one way you build up your husband? What is one way you build up your husband? That's great. So uh, in premarital counseling. Well, you don't have a husband, but. We're, we're answering <laughs> yeah. this for the ladies. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I do when I'm in premarital counseling or even just going back to the basics with a couple who's struggling is I, I ask them, I say, everyone's love tank has a gauge, a fuel gauge. And I say, what is that fuel gauge? So take a minute, listener, and think about what is that fuel gauge? How can you tell uh, that your spouse's love tank is on E, is running dry? And the answer is behavior. You look at their behavior, and when someone mm -hmm. is is lashing out, there's a good chance they're not feeling very loved or very uh, taken care of in that marriage. I've got a verse here to help answer the question. Ephesians 5.33 says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence 
her husband. Ladies, God's only commanded you to reverence two people, and, mm-hmm. and that's if you're married, and that is God and your husband. And the word reverence borders on the word worship. Yeah. It works right up to that line of worship. And uh, it's um, you're not to reverence your pastor. You're not to reverence your boss. You're to reverence God, and you're to reverence your husband. And so a little uh, little secret here for you. Men are built on respect. We just mm-hmm. have this um, desire to be respected. I remember the day I fell in love with Angela. I remember it very clear. I was here in Indiana. I was a, a, a student at Hiles Anderson College and attending First Baptist Church. And I was walking out of the lobby. And um, it was after church on a Sunday evening. The lobby was packed. There's probably a thousand people in the lobby. It was just packed people leaving the auditorium. And as I'm walking out the door to the outside, um, I turn and I look at the crowd and I say, one day... I'm going to pastor a church that has this many people in it. And Angela looked over at me and she said, I believe you will. And I want to be by your side when you do it. And that day I fell in love with Angela because she breathed respect my direction that, that the response to her respect for my heart was love. And so as a man loves his wife, wife should respect him. And as a wife respects her husband, a man should love him. So really quick, the best way to build up your husband is write down three or four things that you respect about your husband. And then just walk into a room where he is and just say, I was doing some thinking and I just want you to know that I deeply respect you. And then just turn around and walk away. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. All right. Either he's going to chase you down and say, what did you just say? <laughs> you respect me? Or if he's more stoic, he may not, but he's going to soften. Yeah, I, I can yeah. almost promise you that within the next 24 hours of you saying that, he's going to say, you said you respect me. What, what was it that you've been thinking about that you respect me? Now, ladies, this is why you got to write these three or four things down. Yeah. And don't pull out a piece an of paper and say, well, let me, let me go back. What? Let me, I can't remember. Let, let, you better have them top of mind, ready and, and be ready, right. And ready to tell him. And, and when you tell him, I'm going to tell you that will build him yeah. up. Men don't need to hear. I love you as much as they need to feel. I respect you. So yeah. you show respect to your husband. I'm going to tell you that's going, that's going to launch your marriage to another stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't care. I I, I shouldn't say I don't care. I do care. Um, But if Janet were to start throwing compliments on my looks, on my intellect, on my talents, that I would see that as empty because I know my looks, my intellect, my talent, you know, but when I feel like she respects my character, um, I, I I will work like a dog to serve mm. her if I feel like she respects my character. So, yeah, Good. great answer. And honestly, I had written some thoughts down, and you said exactly what I wanted to say. Brilliant minds think alike. So Amen. at least so I'm told. All right. Average minds oh. think alike also. So oh well, you know. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you introduce the next one here yes. because uh, we've got about uh, about ten minutes left. I don't. I guess that's enough time for us to get into this. But um, so uh, but we'll, look, you you take it and um, and, and let's see. Yeah, let's try to shoot for about five minutes apiece here on the answer. So 
Um, the question is, what is the hardest thing you had to endure in your marriage? You want me to go first? Yeah, you go ahead and go okay, first. Okay. Uh, let me let me just say, um, people, and we're we're just going to be really transparent as much as we can be with five minutes apiece here. But uh, uh, people see me and Janet, and uh, they see us very much love each other, and uh, and and we are both joyful people. And sometimes they mistake that for uh, we've had no trials in life. Um, um, you got to understand our, 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 um, our first child was in bad shape when he was born. Our second child was born, not breathing. Um, Alyssa was one year old before we were relatively certain she didn't have brain damage. Um, you know, um, uh, we lived in, um, such abject poverty, our first years of marriage. I mean, it, it, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, I, I could list a lot of, uh, uh, trials that we've gone through and we've, we've come out of them joyful. We were married almost 15 years before we could put on paper how we made enough money to pay our bills. Okay. Uh, I don't know how we survived our first almost 15 years, but, um, God was faithful. And, um, so we, we've gone through a lot of, a lot of, um, dramatic, experiences we've gone through a lot of heartaches and we've gone through a lot of um we we have had plenty of times there was zero food in the house um you know serve the kids popcorn for dinner but there wasn't enough for me and janet to eat um you know we've had we've had all that the um the most um difficult experience of our lives um took place about five and a half a little over five years ago and um uh, Janet was my secretary and, um, uh, I made her quit, uh, because it was, it was literally driving her crazy. And let me say the people who live through this experience with us, um, I don't point fingers at anybody. Um, we, there was a, just a storm that brewed, um, that it just got out of control. I mean, it just got out of control. It really did. Um, I don't point fingers of blame at anybody. I, I don't hold any bitterness in my heart toward anybody, but it was just getting to be too much for me to handle. And it was too much for my wife to handle. And so I made her quit. And, um, you know, Richard, you, you remember those days very well. You were right by my side through the whole experience and loved us. And, but uh, I would come home at the end of the day and, um, Janet, I would find her, uh, literally laying on the floor, um, crying, out of control. And I would get down on the floor with her and put my arms around her and just cry with her. And, um, it, it drove, uh, it drove us both literally, uh, to a nervous breakdown. And, um, um, I resigned the church and, um, we didn't know what to do. I mean, um, uh, we were in about as bad of a financial situation as, as we had ever been in our marriage. And, um, one of my dearest friends, uh, William Jeffcoat has, uh, has in his backyard, it was a, basically a shed, like a work shed that he had converted into a little one bedroom cottage. And, uh, he let me and Janet and Joseph, uh, move to South Carolina and, um, um, and, and live in his backyard. And we did that for almost a year. And, um, I gotta tell you, uh, I, um, physically, 
my, my body was shutting down. Okay. And, um, um, and even to this day, my, there are things about me physically that just don't work right. Um, going back to that era and, um, you know, anybody who's never really understood what a nervous breakdown is, um, be thankful. You don't know what a nervous breakdown is. Um, it, it was, it was brutal. I, I'll tell you this, um, in the middle of that, I know I've got about 30 seconds left, but in the middle of that, I did, I did determine that this could push her and I against each other, or it could push her and I toward each other. And, um, and we were both committed to not pulling away from each other through all of that. And now I have to say along with this, that having Joseph living there with us actually helped. It really did. Um, um, his presence was, uh, was a real positive for us. And it's odd that, uh, the presence of a, a, a third person inside your little one bedroom cottage could actually be a good thing for, but it was. And, uh, I would say this and my time is up here, but, uh, we survived a dark, dark time where we both literally wanted to die. Okay. Um, but we both did love Jesus and we both loved each other and we survived and you can too. So what, what's your, what's your challenge, hardest? challenging time. So, yeah. um, the, we were at a time in our, our marriage where, um, we had endured a lot of things together and had left, uh, a ministry we've been a part of for four years and then had moved into a really tiny little space, kind of like you, uh, with two, two kids. So there was four of us in about 600 square feet of space. And, and then we moved back to Maryland, um, and, uh, we're working with, with pastor King there again. And, um, uh, we had a situation come up in our marriage where um, there was a third person who was believed to be um, a threat to the marriage. And so uh, while I did not do anything wrong and Angela did not do anything wrong, uh, there was a perception that someone was after me uh, in our marriage. And that uh, that grew large and that grew out of control uh, to a place where uh, it was limiting um, the work. It, it, it was limiting our home life. Uh, it was causing great strife in our marriage. I remember one point in that, uh, this went on for months, just months. For one point in that, I, I uh, hopped in my car on a Sunday afternoon and uh, didn't tell Angela or anybody where I was going. I turned my cell phone off, and I just drove to Knoxville, Tennessee to see my uncle. Drove there all night in a little beater car and uh, spent the night on his couch in his living room, and I just needed to get away because I didn't feel like I could. I was nearing despair. I was nearing uh, just the end of my emotional rope, and uh, when I got back, I thought, well, now maybe things will be better. Um, things didn't get any better. And um, uh, it just kept getting uglier. And so finally, my uncle told me, he said, I know a professional counselor out in Michigan. You, you and Angela can go see that counselor. And I remember we drove out there together alone, and there was nastiness in the car all the way to Michigan and uh, just bickering and, and screaming and fighting. And just it was just 
accusations and, and defending and other accusations back and forth. And I remember sitting in that counselor's office in, in Michigan and the counselor said to me, he said, do you want a divorce? And I looked at him and I, and I said to him, I said, I do not want a divorce. I want to die. Mm-hmm. And I meant every word of it. And to be honest, yeah. I think Angela felt the same way. Yeah. And I just, I, I didn't want to live anymore. I had lost even any desire to, to continue on in my life. I was miserable beyond miserable. And in that moment, I, I was alone walking with God. And, and the Lord said to me, the way that you feel right now um, is the way that I feel after I have loved you so much and you were not giving me the love and attention I need. And God spoke to me in just a profound way. So um, that counselor was able to give us some, some things and help us. And our marriage began to heal and get better. And I got to say that was six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we made it. Yeah. And you may be in a dark, dark valley, whether you're bickering with each other the way me and Angela were, or you're just suffering a nervous breakdown together the way that the Kings here were, um, the Lord will carry you through if you don't quit. Yeah. And um, I remember saying to Angela in the middle of all that, no matter how bad this gets, I'm not giving up on you and I'm not giving up on us. There has to be that dog determination that you're not going to give up no matter what it is. And the Lord will heal your marriage and the sun's going to come up in the morning. So stay in there and stay there. Yeah. I give you the last uh, last thought there. I, you know, I would just tell people that you need to have a hang in there kind of attitude toward it. Um, the, the old saying, this too shall pass. Tomorrow's waiting. Hang in there.